the judge says to me, uh, I know it's your first offence, but because right now you're Australia's strongest man and the pure size of you, um, we believe you could have done a lot more damage and we believe that you should have been a better role model for the community with your status. And with everything going on, mate, pretty much we're sentenced you to 12 months imprisonment. Hey guys, welcome to Big Laws Official. Today I'm joined by Rongo Keane, Australia's Strongest Man, and you've just very recently won the World's Strongest Man Home Edition. How was that? Man, what an experience. Hey, you know, to even be a part of the, of the show was amazing. And man, what a way to showcase, you know, strongmen in, in a different light and to show all our characters. Man, it was awesome. Are you talking of characters? You are you are an amazing character. I absolutely love if if people haven't seen you on social media, they need to go and follow you because you're probably the most entertaining strongman out there. And you know, I love watching your your, your singing compilations and you know, you did that the coincidence dance that was that had me in stitches. I was doing that with the kids um, at home and they were loving it. <laughs> you know, and that's and like, a part of this journey for me, man, is, is to showcase that side of us. You know, a lot of people only see the serious strong man when we all have different personalities, every one of us, you know. And I just want to just change that up a little and just showcase, you know, my character. And, you know, not going to lie, Lars, I've always been, you know, the jokes that the class clown, as you would call it, you know. And I think that's clear to see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm all about having a laugh, no matter the situation, you know, it's like, and like, it's always good to put a positive spin on things, you know what I mean? Like, especially with the, what's going on in the world right now, you know? And just putting something funny and positive out there for me is like, it's a big thing, man, and I love it. Oh, definitely. It just brings morale up and, you know, that lighthearted, not worrying about acting too seriously all the time. I mean, I've seen, yeah, I've seen, your, I've seen your progress over the last few years in Strongman, and you've, you've really, you know, one of my training partners actually remembers competing with you in, a, in like a novice contest out in Australia. Oh, uh, a guy yes, called yes. Nick Millard. He used to. He, he lives over here, but he was out in Australia for about six months, and he, you know he can't believe how far ahead you are of that level now. But it's just it's an incredible story. So I want you to take me back to the beginning. What got you interested in strength and training? Because you're a singer. I've seen I've seen you singing around. You know, Idol and stuff like that. You've, you're an interesting let's character. Let's take you back because no one really knows too much about me. So like, um, uh, I was brought up on a farm in New Zealand. And um, we weren't very fortunate at all, you know, we were quite poor. So we were brought up to live off the land and work and work very hard. Um, and that's my backbone, you know, I was adopted at a young age through a family and um, there were five brothers and our adopted father was a hard man and he believed in hard work. So we were brought up to no matter what, get in, get the job done and work. And that, that gave me the backbone for my whole, you know, for, for life. And that's what I truly believe in. So my, my background is farming. But not only that, I've got a, a great background in rugby. I played a lot of rugby in my younger years. Yeah. And just like you, brother, I did martial arts and I was actually a New Zealand champ for a few years running. Great. And um, I made a black belt in Kong Chang and I held the title for a while in my younger years. So I was, you know, that set me, that set my foundation, you know, for um, competing and and you know what it's like, brother. You know, you start from the bottom and you, you work hard, you grind, and then before you know it, you're at the top. And it becomes a sort of an addiction, you know, the, the hard work you put in. And then you get the results, you know. And like at the end of the day, and I'm sure you understand, it's only you and the other opponent in that ring. Yeah, yeah. And win or lose, you know, it's how much you put in. So that's been my background. And um, I left New Zealand and moved to Australia at the age of 18. And um, I went straight into mining. 
And um, I've been mining in Australia now, in the gold mines of Australia, for a good 15 years. So at the age of 18, I left home, moved to a town in the middle of nowhere in Western Australia, and I started mining. And I started mining as a labourer, scaffolder. And for everyone who doesn't know out there what a scaffolder is, we pretty much carry stuff on our shoulders all day, pass things above our head. It's quite, it's a rough job. But me with my farming background, um, I loved it. And I'm not going to lie, at the age of 18, once I got into mining, I was on crazy money pulling $2,500 a week. You know, and at the age of 18, that's crazy money. Yeah. And I did that for years, Loz. I loved it. You know, but my strength career started very late. You know, I didn't know anything about strength, really. You know what I mean? And it wasn't until uh, a rumor went around about a guy that just come to town and he was a security guard. Yeah. And the rumor was, oh, there's a strong guy in town. Apparently, he used to do some sort of strong man. And um, in town, I was known as, um, I was quite strong just naturally through um, lifting um, scaffold equipment. You know, I, I could lift a lot more than everyone else. And I heard of this guy and I was like, oh, yeah. And he was working up at one of the local pubs. And um, I'm sure you know him quite well. His name was Kyle Whitehall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle Whitehall. He was in uh, Wood Strong's Men back in 2005. He represented yeah, New Zealand. Right. So I heard of this guy. I had a few drinks in me and I walked up to him and I reckon, oh, you know, he's a follower. He's a moldy too. And I reckon, oh, Cherbala. Ah, uh, heard, heard you're a bit of a strong man. What's the chances of you training me? He took one look at me, sent me to the back of the line and said, get out of here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, what? So I keep hunting him down there. I keep annoying him. And he goes, oh, no, man, I've sort of retired from that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I'd just love to get a session with you. After me pestering him for a while, he said to me, all right, then, I'll meet you down at the gym at this time. Turn up and we'll see how we go. So I turned up to the gym and he's looking at me going, all right, then this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. Brother, he whipped my ass. I'm not going to lie. He smashed the shit out of me, sorry for the language, for a good two months. And like I'm telling you, I turned up. He goes, all right. I kept turning up. He kept destroying me. And then after two months, he looks at me and goes, all right, I think we're ready to train now. And I'm there going, what, what, what have we been doing? What the hell have we been doing? And he goes, oh. I just wanted to see if you could, uh, if you if you actually could handle it, and if you're willing to put the effort in. And I'm there just going, <laughs> and that's when my strongman career started, you know. And man, I'm so blessed that I had someone like him that had, you know, had 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 done the rounds in the strength world. I think I think that initiation process is important. It's, oh. you know, how many guys do you get coming up to you that want to, they, they, they say they want to do something, but you've got to prove yep. it. You've got to really prove it first. Oh. You know, I've had young kids, they'll come down to, for training and we'll put them through a nasty leg session. You know, they, this isn't the kind of session you want to do if you're going to really make some, some proper strength progress. But this is to, to test that mental strength and see if they, oh. they've got the balls to keep going and, and that toughness that you need in strongman. It's not an easy sport, as you very well know. So, and I think that's an old school way, Loz, and I'm pretty sure you do it. And I, I do, you know, that was passed down to me, and I pass it down to all my training partners. Like, they know for a session whether they're going to be, want to be a strongman or not because we yeah. put them through the paces. You know, will they, will they come back or not? That's the that's, that's the. I mean, and, and that's how I was taught. So I've, every training partner I've had, I put them through the same paces. I said, all right, then you can come down. This is the time. If you come back, that's up to you. But, man, that's that's law, I believe. That's how it is. Yeah, you've got, you got to prove that you earn your spot there. <laughs> so, um, so I started my strongman career in 2014. I started training. 
but yeah. I'm strong man. And um, Carl put me through my paces and I did my first comp in 2014, actually. And we started, I did one at the end of the year, which was our state, Western Australia, yeah. strongest man. And I won that. And that's when I was with Nick. That's yeah, when we yeah. were there. And like um, the competition, no one knew who I was because Perth's six hours drive away and we're in the middle of nowhere. And I rocked up to this competition. And all the boys they knew who they were going up against, except for me, they were like, who the hell is this guy? And, and I had a hoodie on, I was nervous as hell. You know, me and Carl, in the mines, fitness is not here in the mines, okay? It's either V8s or drinking. Okay. Because that's what the town is, it's a yeah. mining town, that's what it is. A lot of money, these V8s, and just a lot of drinking. So um, we had to build all our equipment, so I had a welder. Cole had the plans, and we were just going to town making all the stuff. I was a scaffolder, mate, so we're pretty much there. Brilliant. So, we, we started from scratch. We built everything from scratch. We used what we had, and we turned up to this competition. No one knew who the hell we were. Just signed the paperwork, and I got in there, and I went head to head with all these guys, and there was a few guys that were, were picked to win. Everyone was like, no one's going to pick these guys. But yeah. in my head, I was like, let's go. We're not here to muck around. And yeah, yeah. I ended up winning Western Australia's Strongest Man. That was my first introduction to my first competition. That was your first contest as well. That was my first comp, and that was like a big state comp. And um, winning that, that's when straight away, bang, I'm hooked. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Not, not because I won. It was just the amount of hard work I'd put in to, 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 to earn this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coming from nothing to there, bang, I was on. So 2014, I won my first comp. Um, in 2015, I um, entered a, the Australian Log Competition. It's a very and, good event um, for you, the log. <laughs> a very good event for me. And the reason it was is because scaffolding all i did all day was just lift above my head you know that's all i did all day and um once i started figuring out a few things with the log the technique i found out that i was really good at it and my first log comp i think i pumped up 175 kilo log first comp which yeah. took the competition and i think the australian record at that time was 180 182 held by warwick run yeah. that had been sitting for like four years no one had touched it and like that was another stepping stone it was huge Huge in the sport. And, and again, I turned up to this comp. No one knew who a horse just yeah. turned up, jumped in there and gave it a go. And then that's when people started recognizing, like, who the hell is this guy? Who the <laughs> hell is this guy? And then people were like, where are you from? And I said, oh, I live in Kalgoorlie. And they said, where the hell's that? <laughs> and I said, oh, it's in the middle of a lady nowhere. And they said, where do you train? I said, oh, I've just got a shed in the back that we've just made all this equipment. I said, this log I'm using today is absolutely amazing. <laughs> work yeah. you know what i mean and like that's what me and kyle did you know we just we, we we put the work in we set a target for a comp and we worked our ass off you know in 2015 also i got invited from winning western australia strong man i got invited to singapore you know and i'm like what the hell okay let's go to singapore well, he's traveling you know, now yeah i was like well man i'm in the big time now <laughs> Shit, far out and went to Singapore and all these, you know, and I went there and did very well again and won Singapore's strongest man. And that's when, you know, the motion started happening. You know, it was like, all right, now we're setting our goals, we're putting the work in, we're working hard for all these um pumps that we're working in, and we're, we're getting good results, not from pure luck, from hard work. You know what I mean? Like Kyle was breaking me, you know, he was putting me through the paces, yeah. making sure that every, you know, we ticked every box for every comp. 2016, I got an invite to Australia's Strongest Man. Okay, and best of the best around Australia all turned up there, and I did a great prep for that. And again, I was going up against some big names in Australia. You know? And what's crazy is 
these guys I had looked up to my whole career, you know, because me personally, I like to look at myself as a sponge, even still today, a sponge, yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I take any advice from anyone, whether you're a beginner, an amateur, or a pro, I'll, I'll listen to everything you have to say, and then I'll take it back to myself and say, all right, then does this work for me or not? That's just how I am, and I believe that's how you have to be in life. I, I agree, 100%. So, like, one minute I'm, you know, watching these guys on YouTube and stuff like that, and then I'm following them, and I'm like, wow, next minute I'm about to compete with these guys at Australia's Strongest Man. You know, I'm, I turn up to the competition, I'm nervous as hell, I shake with these guys' hand, you know, we're ready to go. As soon as that whistle whistle blows, bang, we're enemies, I'll rip your head off. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just my, that's just how I am. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be rude like that, but that's just how I am. And in my mind, I'm like, I didn't bust my ass off in this gym. I didn't spend time away from my family to come here and just fuck around. But I think that's the way you have to be. You know, if you're an athlete, you go and you're there to win. And I've said that. Carry on, brother. I've said that openly so many times. And people people almost take it as arrogance, but it's really not. You know, when you're competing, if you're not there to win, what are you there for? Or, you know, you could be there to give your absolute best. If I'm competing against you, 100% I'm there to win. Just likewise, 100% you're there to win. And that's what sport is. It's a competitive environment. But afterwards... We can be great friends. It's just on that, that, that kind of competitive arena, we all want to win. We're competitive alpha males at the end of the day. And that's it, you know, and that stemmed from my rugby career, you know what I mean? Like, same thing on the rugby field, mate. As soon as that whistle blows, we rip each other's head off. Yeah. You know, the goal is to destroy the other person. Whoever's got that ball, we rip into them. But as soon as the game's finished, oh, we're off having a beer at the club, you know what I mean? Exactly. Hey, brother, yeah. And so I took that attitude into my strongman career, yeah. where it was like, you know, I shake your hand and everything like that, but when it's time to boogie, boy, get the hell out of my way. You know, and that was my that was my attitude. And like people, like you said, people don't understand that, but and that that attitude doesn't happen overnight. It grows through time. It grows through yeah, the training, through training, through, training, through confidence of all, all those yes. factors. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. So you know, I turn up to surely strongest man in great condition. I put on um, a good performance over two days and I walked away with the title. And wow, what an experience, you know? And like, this was within a few years. So you, you, know you I mean? started training for Strongman in 2014. By 2016, yes. you were Australia's strongest man. Yes. That's yes. some, that's some that's, impressive progress. Oh, it, it, was, it was a lot of hard work. Like I say, yeah, impressive. But I worked my fucking ass off, man. Yeah. And like, no one can take that away from me. And the research showed for themselves. But what people don't understand is that I had a full-time job mining. This is the kick of it, is that people don't understand mining's shift work. We're talking 12-hour shifts. Yeah. We're talking seven days on, four days off, seven days on. And I was doing FIFO, so I'll fly out to some places for a few days and come back. That's been my whole strongman career. Even still today, I'm doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like I said, strongman isn't just a hobby for me or this and that. Strongman's a passion. Yeah. It becomes it your life. Yeah. It becomes, you know, and that's what it is today. It's it's. It's my family's involved. I love it. You know, I don't do it for anything else, but just love and fucking passion. And let's get on it. You know and what that, I mean? That, so, that really comes across, though, with your personality when you compete. You see, you know, you're, you're infectious. Just being around you, people will smile when they watch you. You can yeah. see, you, you might not be winning, but you can see how happy you are. And if you're hitting PBs and stuff like that, you just, you just see how much you enjoy it. Whereas you see a lot of people, especially sort of the lower level, they put too much pressure on themselves and they stop enjoying it, I find. Oh, definitely. You know, and, that, and that's a sad thing about it. It's like, there's no rush in the sport. And like, you always say it all the time, brother. It's like, you know, set yourself simple little goals and go for it. Yeah. You know, there's no rush to get to the top because... 
I think it developed have taken years. Yeah, I, I, and that's that's a very valid point. I, I I think have no no cap on your potential. You know, have yeah. your the sky's the limit on what you want to achieve, but you have to be realistic about how you're going to get there. And that's where oh, a lot definitely. of people make that mistake. I mean, I, I know guys that are doing you know 160 logs or 140 logs, and they want to do 200 kilos by the end of the year. It's not going to happen. You know, it's a process. Yeah. You've got to build up slowly, build up. You know, if you're a 140 log lifter, let's focus on 145, 150 first. Get those oh, those targets, yeah. and, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and enjoy that process as well. Like every single training video I see of you, you're doing your dances, you're winding up your training partners, you're, you're singing, you're just having fun with it. And that's it, though, and, and, and that's the environment. You, and I'm pretty sure you have an environment in your gym laws, you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, like, everyone sees the fun side of training, and, like, and I've got that out there, but, boy, when it's time to work, fucking lights on, we're, we're on. You know what I mean? Someone, you know, if someone sees me lifting heavy, there's music going, yeah. and if you look in my eyes, I'm somewhere else. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm somewhere else. Like, there's a time to be positive and fucking have a great time, but there's also a time to let that fucking animal go. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then... And that's and that's when shit gets real, you know what I mean? But we keep that shit behind closed doors and we bring it out when we need to, especially in competitions. Yeah, well, I, I was always the same. You know, I was a pretty laid-back, jovial character behind the scenes. And then when it was time to go, I was a freaking animal, <laughs> beating myself yeah. on a stick. And, you know, yeah. people that didn't see that behind-the-scenes side of me thought I was quite aggressive and, and you know, mm. not very friendly. But if, uh, it was quite mm. the opposite. But when it was time to switch on, I knew how yeah. to switch on. And, and you're exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, and that's been the journey, you know. So after Australia's Strongest Man, I got an invite to um, compete at Australian Arnold's as an amateur. So um, this is where things get tricky, all right? Yeah. So um, I won Australia's Strongest Man in 2016, which qualified me to do the Arnold's Australia Amateur in 2016. Yet again, had a great prep, had everything perfect, turned up there, uh, and went up against some real strong guys from all over the Pacific. Actually, we had some big boys turn up, and I was like, all right, you know, let's get in there. Let's put our big boy pants on, let the animal out, and see what happens. And Matt blew the competition apart, you know, did really well. Won all the events that I'd planned to, hit all the numbers I wanted to, and walked away. But what, what happened with that competition is I walked away with my pro card for the following year. You know what I mean? And that was the ultimate goal. You know, since the start of my strongman career, I've been watching all of you guys, you know? And that's just how I am. I love to study everyone. I love to see what everyone's doing. I love to see how people do it. I'm just obsessed with that. Yeah. And, like, that was the turning point for me. <laughs> I've worked my ass off for years. I'm here. I've won this competition. I've got my pro card. Next year, I get to go up against these guys. And I think that was the year Brian Shaw came to Australia. Yeah. yeah, Brian Shaw came to Australia and a few other guys. I forgot who it was. And, man, I was on fire. I was like, we're on. All right, let's just set everything aside now and let's prep for this comp. And at that time, too, work was going great, you know. Um, I, I had a great job, um, which started to allow me to set certain hours aside to start training properly because I sort of said to the mom at the time, because I own, I own the business also. So that's been the hard thing is owning a business, running a business, trying to be a strong man. Oh my goodness, brother, head on stop. Head ache. Yeah. Head ache. Far out. <laughs> Not good idea. Not good idea. So I had achieved my goal of getting my pro card. All the years behind that hard work grinding, it was time. It was fucking time. Here is where things get interesting. 
Um, for a lot of people out there that don't know, um, I was sentenced to 12 months imprisonment, okay, in 2017. And 2017 was the year I was supposed to do my pro card. All right, so this is what happened, is um, night out with the boys, after our night out, went to get a kebab. At the kebab shop, there was a, a big group there, just harassing people. Uh, the group attacked a woman. The woman was being attacked, so no one did anything. And um, I've been brought up to respect women, mate, and we don't let that happen. Yeah. So I stood over the woman and protected her. Upon doing this, um, I was attacked by another male, uh, which caused a big fight. A week later, I get a knock on my door, and it's the police, and they've charged me with grievous bodily harm. Uh, one of the guys that was in the big fight um, broke, had a broken jaw. Okay? So things changed from then, you know. Um, I'd never been in trouble with the police my whole life. I've never had a rip or anything like that. I um, turn up to court, uh, talking with my lawyers and everything, being my first offence. Um, I'd never been in trouble with the law, you know. The plan was to turn up there, you know, get a fine and do some community service work. You know, that was the plan. That's what had lined us for us. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm, a, I'm, I'm about to prep for this competition. All right, this is on the back of my mind. All right, but I'm going to do my best, okay? Three days before my pro card, they set my court date. At this time, I was living on the other side of Australia. I had moved over to the other side of Australia with my family, and um, I had to fly back here. So... I've woken up, said goodbye to my kids, said I'll see you in a few days. Me and my wife jump on a plane. We fly back here. I stand before the judge, and the judge says to me, uh, I know it's your first offence, but because right now you're Australia's strongest man and the pure size of you, um, we believe you could have done a lot more damage, and we believe that you should have been a better role model for the community with your status. And with everything going on, mate, pretty much was sentenced you to 12 months prison. Yeah. So me and my wife have walked into this courtroom thinking that everything's going to be fine. We're just going to go in here, you know, get, get whatever happens and we're going to walk out, go back, get the kids and carry on with life. Well, that didn't go to plan at all, mate. I walked in holding my hand's wife. Before I knew it, I was getting dragged at the back by two guards, handcuffed, thrown into a room. And life changed. And it smacked me in the face straight away, brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. From having a successful business, um, me and my family smashing life to about to do my first pro strongman competition after three years of hard work. Three days out from competition, I'm now sitting in this small room, Locked door, nothing. Yeah. What a wake-up, brother. What a wake-up call. Talk about hitting rock bottom. Man, I hit rock bottom. My whole life changed, man. And the biggest thing about it was, was my family. You know, I, I didn't even say goodbye to my kids. And my kids... How many kids live. do you have, Bronco? I have two boys, um, Zong and Shek, who are six and nine years old now. Yeah. So at the time, they were babies. My youngest was a baby. And heartbreaking because they lived um, a five-hour flight away on the other side of Australia. They didn't live near where I was in prison. Um, my wife, we had booked our flights the next day to fly out, so I went in. She got to see me for 10 minutes and then was kicked out of the prison and then had to fly out the next day. 
heartbreaking. Yeah. All from a, a stupid scrap. But you know, it's, you know, it's, it's sad because, you know, I, I'm going to say it was I got, I got fucked over big time. Yeah, because I, I, think I, I was I was going to bring that up. I mean, because we are big, strong men, people in those positions think we're indestructible, but we're just the same as anyone else. We're flesh and bone. If if someone's threatening you, you don't know if they've got a knife. You don't know if they've got a gun. You don't know what you know. And I mean, I've, I, I, luckily, you know, I've not been inside, but I, I worked on the doors for a number of years, and there's been situations where, yes, I'm the bigger person. But it doesn't mean I'm not intimidated in, in that situation. Oh, and well, what makes it even worse, too, and I'm sure every other brother out there knows, it's like, we're targets, man. Yeah. It's going to pick on the big fella. You know, that's just how it is. And, like, I've had to deal with that my whole bloody career, and I'm pretty sure you and all the other boys have too, man. Yeah. You know? No, it's when, when, that, when you go out. I mean, I, I, if people know me, and I, I know you pretty well, you know, we, we are just friendly guys, just want to have a good time. You know? Yeah, uh, definitely, brother. You're, and, not, and, you're not trying to cause trouble. You're not trying to hurt anyone. But you, wow. every time, every time I'm... A person of our size goes out, they will always get the drunken idiot. They go, Oh, big lad, you think you're tough, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's quite the opposite. We're not even trying to be tough. We're just mm. trying to enjoy what we do. And yeah. when you go out, you want to go. I mean, I don't really go out much anymore because of that kind of. Yeah, well, definitely. We're all the same, brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> We're all the same, brother. And man, so what an experience, Lars. So, like, I'm sitting in my cell. Um, you imagine going into a prison with the title of Australia's strongest man on your back. You know, I'm going to be straight up, brother. First day in the yard, I got sorted out straight away with my place, man. Yeah. You know, and it's that's prison. You know, what you see on TV is it ain't no joke, man. So, you know, that was that was something you know that that that, that had to happen. You know, walking into the yard my size and that, that, you know, sit down. You know, pretty much what was happening. You know, it is what it is, brother. So, um, a lot of thought process happened in there, brother. You know, I, I just lost my family. Um, you know, my business too took a hit, man. Like I had a great business. I lost half my contracts while I was in um, prison because I was the face of the business. You know, my business went downhill, yeah. and my relationship went downhill. You know, we could only in prison you only get minute phone calls, and then there's a line too. And if you dare jump the line, boy, you get sorted out. So like the the amount of pressure and stress on me is fuck. One, the dangerous thing about prison, everyone <laughs> out there, the, the worst thing about prison is time. The amount of fucking time you have to think to yourself, you go crazy. Especially when you're locked in the room most of the day, nothing else to do but, but think. So, man, my world came crashing down. But I still remember to this day the feeling. That there's, a, there's, there's two things that can happen when you hit rock bottom. You either sit in it or you stand the fuck up. Sorry for my language, guys. No, no, no. Everyone apologizes for their language, but we... we... Yeah, sorry, guys. You know, <laughs> so that's what happened, Lord. It was like, either sit on the ship or stand the fuck up, and that's what I did. I picked myself up to the floor, and I looked at my situation, and I said, I'll tell you what, they have my body, but they do not have my mind. And this is what I decided. So I said, well, I'm in here. There's not much I can do about it. So let's turn the situation into a positive. And I decided, well... What I can do while I'm in here is train like a man, an animal, okay? Yeah. So let's let's turn this body into an animal. There's nothing to do. Now, true story. In, in this prison, there was no bloody gyms at all. Nothing at all. We're talking old school gym here. Yeah. So I was like, well, there's no gyms here. What can I do? They had a pull-up bar. True story. They had a pull-up bar in the um, in the courtyard. So this is what I did. I made my own training program laws, and you're going to laugh about this, but this worked. So on the pull-up bar, I'd stand on the pull-up bar, and I'd chuck two guys on my shoulders. That was my squat day. 
not going to lie. And when I got used to those two guys, I'm not even lying, I chucked heavier guys on. All right? For my deadlift, I'd take the sheet off my bed and I'd go into the rec room and there was a big long couch. I'd hook my sheet under the end of the couch, hold it in my hands, wrap it around, and I'd chuck guys on, on to do my reps. And if I wanted heavier, I'd chuck another guy on. I'm not even lying to you. And this worked. Yeah. For my first day, I'd sit a seat under the monkey bars, sit on the seat, put a guy, stand on my shoulders holding on, and I'd press him. That'll be my shoulder press. Yeah. For my bench press, I'd lie on the ground, get the bench, get the broomstick, hold it like in the same position as a press, and the guy would stand on my knuckles, and I'd bench press him. <laughs> Everyone thought I was crazy. The guards couldn't believe what I was doing, but they said to me, well, you're not doing anything wrong. We'll let you carry on with it. Yeah. I would have a guy, I'd tie two sheets together, wrap it around me and have five guys holding onto the sheet and I'd pull them up the court. Like a truck. <laughs> this is what I did in my time to get my mind right, to keep me occupied. I trained like an animal. At the start of it, Loz, everyone was laughing. By the time I walked out of prison, I had 20 guys training me. <laughs> 20 guys. That's brilliant. And that's what I stuck in my head. I said, they've got my body, not my mind. Yeah. When I, when I went in, I think I weighed 163 kilos. When I, when I got out, I think I was 140, maybe 140. So, man, it was heartbreaking. I went in three days, prep from comp, and I was an absolute monster. I was an animal. I was biting at the bit ready. Every day I was in there, I could feel my body fading. Yeah. Every day I was in there, I could feel my body getting weaker. Yeah. That was whipping me apart. Not only that, bro, we were fed dog food in there, man. It was ridiculous. I was going to say, what was the food like in there? Oh, brother, I think I lived off two-minute noodles and tuna because the food they were giving us was ridiculous. No, no, but that was it. It is what it is. You don't ask questions. You take whatever they give, and you just work with it, man. So the day I walked out of there, brother, I was on, you know. And true story, too. I've told a few people this, but um, on my wall in my room, I got my wife to send me a picture, and I got her to send me a picture of World's Strongest Man. Yeah. Because the goal was to go up against the pros, and then work my ass off, and one day I'll get to the world's strongest man. Every morning I'll wake up, I had a picture of my family. Next to that, I have a picture of the world's strongest man. I'm not even lying to you. everyone watching this. Picture of the world's strongest man. Every morning I got up, bang, opened the door to let me out. I was out on the court doing shuttles. I was training. Get back in, locked up, out again. That's what keeps me motivated. The day I got out was the day I said, we're on. When I came in here, I was Australia's number one. When I get out, I'm going to be Australia's number one. And that's when the comeback started, my brother. Yeah. It was a that's fast when... comeback as well. Well, I was very lucky. At this time, I started working with Warwick Grant. Everyone knows who Warwick Grant is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I competed against Warwick a number of times back um, <laughs> back in the day. And, like, he was, you know, he's a great in Australia for strongman. You know what I mean? He's one of the best that's come out of Australia. Yeah. And um, I started working with him. He helped me prep for Arnold's before I went in. And we just sort of got to know each other. Cool story about me and Warwick is every Friday – um, at three o'clock, I would call Warwick, and he'd be waiting by the phone, waiting for my um, my, my two minute phone call with him to have a chat. And like we sort of knew each other, we sort of trained together. Yeah. But my whole time in prison is when we built our relationship over the phone. And he said to me, I still remember when he said to me, he said to me, brother, when you've got it, when you get out, I've got you, and we're going to get this you back on track. And don't you worry, I'm ready. When you're ready to get out and ready to go, I've got you. And nice. I, I remember those words, man. I remember them when you said it to me, my heart just went, wow, thank you. And when I got out, brother, that's what we did. We went on this mad mission. Three months after I got out, I entered a local competition. Won it. 
And I think I broke the dumbbell record too. That time it was crazy. I think the dumbbell set at like one fifteen, the Australian yeah. record. And I think I broke it. I broke it first comp. Nice. What happened with that though? This was well, this is what's real crazy is what happened winning that competition. It qualified me. Um, they put me right up there in the ranks of Australia. And what three months after that was the Australian Arnold's was on. And I reached out to the uh, organizer and I said to him, oh, hey, man, you know, sorry, I've been missing. Uh, I went on a bit of a holiday. (laughs) (laughs) I sort of said, I'm sort of in good shape right now. Um, If you you have anyone pull out for the pro show, then I'll put my hand up. Yeah. One month before the show, he calls me and he goes, how ready are you? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, how ready are you? I went, I'm, I'm ready to go, sort of. And he goes, well, you've got a month. You, you want to join the pro show? And I said, fucking oats, I'm going to join the pro show. Fucking oats. A month goes by. I rock up to the Australian Arnold's, my first pro card, and it's just like, I'm here. Six months after getting out, I'm fucking here. But little did everyone know that I'd been working my ass off because I, I, I wasn't there just to turn up. I was always there to fucking give it a good run. Yeah. Turned up to the show. Broke the log record. The log record sat at 182. Stepped up to the log and it was 190 log for reps. Stepped up there, let the animal go, pumped up 190 log. And I think the only one that did it that day was me and Belshak. Right, yeah. Me and Belshak. So I broke the Australian log record. They, they did 190 for reps in that contest. They had 190 log for reps. <laughs> That's crazy. And that was the record. If someone hit it in Australia, it was the Australian record. So I turned up to that competition, and I and, and for me personally, it was just an honour to be there. I was, I was just like, man, like, in prison was just a goal to get out and get back on track, but you know, I'm here. Six months later, I'm here. But what happened in that competition is I did that great that I bet the current Australia's strongest man, and I also bet the current New Zealand strongest man. And that's what qualified me to go to world strongest man that year. Brilliant. I remember you there. I remember meeting you there. Brother. And like, not gonna lie, guys, when I got the invite, shit shit was flying everywhere. You know, know, and everyone's going, who the fuck is that guy? (laughs) (laughs) And like, man, what an experience I was in. Like, you didn't, I hope you didn't see it, but man, I was just fangirling the whole time I was there, brother. <laughs> I think you're, you're. I think all of us that that first experience at Worlds it is. You're, you're there to take it seriously, but you do enjoy it a lot more as well. You, you're seeing these people that you've looked up to. I remember my first Worlds is exactly the same. You know, I was there and I wanted to compete hard and be serious, but I was enjoying the experience, just soaking it all in. And World's Strongest Man is a very different show, as you'll you'll have experienced yourself. Very different to all the one day shows. So there's a lot of. Um, it's a real learning experience as well as just an enjoyable, you know, contest to, to, to be part of because I think all of us, that's what we want to be. We want to make it to world's strongest man. Mm, definitely brother. And like the whole experience was just mind blowing. You know, and that's what I said the whole time I'm just sitting, the whole time I'm sitting, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting in my prison cell looking at the wall with world's strongest man. Next minute I'm here with you guys, you know, and it's just mind blowing, mind blowing. And I'm just the whole time with the biggest smile on my face, you know, just happy to be there doing my very best with the amount of prep I've had, which was fuck all, to be honest. But I'm here. I'm going to put up the best I can and do what I can. But, man, I've ticked off a goal, and I've achieved something that in my fucking mind, no one's done. Yeah. You know, to be going from a prison cell eight months later, standing on the world's strongest man, just to be there was an honour and a fucking privilege, bro. Oh. You know, and, like, man, wow. 
Just, <laughs> it just shows. I mean, I had the chat with Travis, and you know, his comeback has been, you know, really inspirational. But stories like this is, is what can it, you know, there's people, people relate to certain people because they've been through different experiences. And that's what I want to sort of get out of some of you guys when we're talking because it's, it's all very well us just lifting stuff and people watching, but you've got to. To, to make the sport grow, we need characters and we need to really relate to people just on a, on a personal level, not just be these big superheroes, but we're all people as well, just the same as everybody else. And we've gone through, you know, awful experiences. Everyone's got their stories. And mm. I think hearing these, as, as tough as it is to kind of talk about them, it does inspire other people. And it's just shown what you are capable of as a human as an athlete as well. And, you know, I know you've continued to go on and be better and better and better. Your log's getting better. You've, you've won, you know, more shows. Tell, tell me, what's, what's the ultimate goal for you? I'm a strong man. You know, man, right now I have some great people around. And, you know, I've got some great people looking after me. And, you know, Sebastian, Australian strength coach, is looking after me. And I've been working with him now for a good eight months. And it's yep. been a game changer in my training. Not only that, I've been working with Nathan Payton for the past five weeks. Loads of, loads of guys are using him now, and he's he's doing a great job with so many of you. Oh, it's been a game changer, you know what I mean? Just you know, having people around with knowledge, and it's going to help me push further, man. So I've set some pretty good goals, you know? Like, honestly, like, I want to be right up there with the best log presses in the world, and I'm fucking telling you right now, it will be. All I need is time. So you what's know? your PB right now? Uh, right now, I've had a 207, which won me the um, Combo Lithuania, the Cedrinus. I'm log lifting champs over there. So I've had a 207. Um, I have just locked in a comp. I've just been invited for a comp in our local state, which is the Australian Rickle Breakers, which they've asked me to put up a bigger log. So that's in a few months, man. So I've actually set a goal to fucking to pump that log up with the best in the world. That's my goal, you know what I mean? So I've set that. So that's going to happen in a few months. Um, not only that, man, I've got some good goals. You know, I want to go to a giant show. Hell yeah, I want to get over there to a giant. Now that's a goal. I want that to get has, back to that has to happen soon. That has to. Oh, it's going to happen. Like I said, I've got a great character. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love who I am, the character. But now I need to put the put my ass into gear, do the work, so I can match the character with the strength. Yeah. If I can put those two together, I'm guaranteed there'll be promoters out there that will just want me there just to do what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that's my plan, brother. It's just, I've just got to put the work in now. I've got a great team behind me. I've got a great, you know, support crew here. My family are number one, bro. And they support me 100% of the way. And like that's 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 what's got to happen now. That, that's work. massive. Having that family support is massive. It, it, oh, it's, it's, it's for myself, it's helped so much. And I, I know I, I can see how close your family are with you. And you know, they, they you, you get the kids involved with the video sometimes. Oh, and and no, that's been a blessing for me. Is like, um, see, my oldest is seven, and so since he was a baby, he's been a part of my strongman journey, and I've made it that way. I've made it a family environment. Like I own my own gym, my shed, and they're down there with me. They know, oh, dad, good training. Yep, come on then, son. You know, they come to comps. And, like, you know, as a father, too, Lodge, it's nothing like seeing your kids out there in the crowd cheering for you yep. when it's time to do the business. It sets you off on another level. And, like, I never have had a great father figure growing up. I never, I don't really know my real father. So my life goal is to be a good role model for my children and inspiring them to do whatever they want. And then that's my goal for them. I said, well, you can be whatever the fuck you want, my son. It doesn't matter. You know, yep. you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be, exactly you know, that. the greatest. If you have a dream, a goal, you can achieve it. All you have to do is get off your ass and get to work it. And that's, that's what you have to put out there, brother. You know what I mean? And so, you're, not, you're, you're not just telling them to do that. You're showing them how to do that as well. Right? You know what I mean? 
what people don't know also lies is behind the scenes. I do a lot of youth work. You know what I mean? Like I, like I said, I've had a bad upbringing. I come from a broken family. I've I've had a rough youthhood. So I put a shitload of time into youth, and that's where it starts, man. There's a lot of people, especially in our community uh, in New Zealand and Australia. There's a lot of kids running around trying to be adults, and there's a lot of adults running around trying to be kids. Mm. We haven't got good role models. We haven't got people leading the way. So like I'm using my strongman, you know, profile to get me into doors to speak to the right people. The amount of things I've done to give back from the hardest, that's what that's my goal at the end of the day. When I retire from Strongman Laws, I'm going to be out there helping children, helping kids, helping youth. And I'm already doing that already. You know, with the profile I have now, like people don't know I dress up as Maui and go to the kids' hospitals because that's what it's about, bro. I, I, you know I, I mean? Seeing that is just so, so cool. But I that's mean, what it's about. Well, that's what I'm about. Like, at the end of the day, if I stop from it today, it doesn't matter because I'll go out and I'll go and look after other people. I travel into the lands of Australia to the Aborigines that have nothing. I'll travel out there and show them what I do, but tell them my story about where I've come from, how I was brought up with nothing, how I've had nothing, but yet I've still achieved this. I can't read or write properly, but that doesn't matter. I'm here. It doesn't matter. It doesn't stop you. Don't let anyone tell you you can't achieve anything. If they do, you send them to me and I'll sort them out. You know what I mean? That's the attitude because kids are always being put down saying they can't do shit, man, and I hate that. How many times do you you hear that? Like, you know, a kid will say something and their parents will be like, oh, no, you need to get a real job or you need to do, you know, teachers. and, And, you know, you see it with... With actual teachers, parents, not just, you know, friends. We we need to and change the mentality and, and understand exactly that you right can right. achieve it's anything. Uh, the, the, the most important thing is understanding it's going to take a lot of hard work. And that's, you know, a lot of times I see people and they're like, they'll say they want to do something, but they don't really want to do it. It's creating mm. that mentality. Yes, you want to do that. That's awesome. Now put the work in and work your ass off to get it. It's, it's creating a positive mentality that, okay, I can achieve big things. I can dream big. I'm just, a, you know, I'm, I'm like you, you know, I'm, I'm dyslexic. So I was always told I couldn't do things. And mm-hmm. to, to sort of, and uh, uh, you can let it get to you. You really can. You can let it sort of beat you down. But you've got to be strong enough to, to rise above it, chase your dreams, and, and let the right people inspire you. Look for the right people to inspire you. <laughs> Surround right, yourself by the right yeah. people. Sorry. Definitely, and for, for everyone out there who's listening, guys, that, that, that you know is, is getting something from this, you know, and that's the main thing. Like, we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves from thinking, you know, from taking, you know, thinking what other people think of you. That's the worst thing you can do, man, because the only thing that matters is you, and the only opinion that matters is you. And the sooner you figure that out, the sooner you can start moving forward in life, you know. And that's what I push out to everybody: is like, it's good to set big goals, but it's the best is to set. Simple goals, little steps, because setting goals takes a lot of work and you want to set little goals because little wins give you that awesome feeling of, wow, I achieved something. It could be something simple in life. And it doesn't have to be training or anything like that. It might be just in life, life goals, you know what I mean? And that's where it starts. You get the addiction of feeling that feeling of greatness from, oh, man. I've achieved something. That's a bit, oh, wow, look, I've achieved that. It might have been something simple, but it means something great to me. And that's where it starts, guys. Little steps, man. Little steps to greatness. That's all it takes. So Amazing. With your, I mean, I, I totally agree. I'm just kind of thinking, you know, we, we it's really inspiring talking to you. And a lot of the guys, I've really enjoyed doing these chats with various different strongmen because whether they're competing now or the past, a lot of them have similar stories and, you know, the mm. way they've they've come from nothing, most of the guys you know have they're self-made worked hard to get to where they are um but my, i want to kind of go back to the competition because 
this year sucked in terms of competition. And, um, you know, obviously you were, you were supposed to, I mean, you were supposed to be at Worlds this year, I guess. Are you, have you been invited? Um, but yeah, it's a top and down because um, there's another, there's a lot of great strongmen here right now. There's yeah. Eddie Williams, who's an amazing strongman. You've got the likes of Colin Wolf, who's an absolute animal. And like, there's a lot of guys coming up. So it's a bit up and down what happens over here, you know what I mean? It's who does the best job in that year that'll get the invite. So it's just constant battle between all of us. Are there any contests much. happening this year over in Australia? Because that's, <laughs> that's been an issue, obviously, for so many people this year is... I mean, it looks like Worlds hopefully will happen. They don't need a crowd, you know. Yeah. How are they going to get the athletes there? Is it just going to be invite only or is there any qualifiers going on in the Southern Hemisphere that I don't know of? I think I think right now in Australia, there's not too much happening and there's no way you're going to get the best strongman all together to put them together to see who's going to be the best. So I think it's going to come down to who's available and what's the easiest. One thing with me, Laws, is... I found is that my criminal record does me no good, man. You know, and that's something I have to take so off the chin. If, you know, like, if competitions to to are in the states, then you can't go. Oh, you know, it's it's done. Laws like yeah. even to get to Lithuania, man, it was heartbreaking that I had to. My flight plan was ridiculous because I could only go to certain countries to get there. You know what I mean? And I already know that there's no way I can get into the states, so I've taken that on the chin and said, "Oh, it is what it is." Okay. You know what I mean? There's some places I'm not going to be able to go. It is what it is. Does that stop me? Oh, fucking no. Can you, come to, no. can you come to the UK, okay? Oh, yes, I can come there, brother. Yeah, we will accept <laughs> you over here. Come over here. Oh, we'll, yes, we'll, 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 so, we'll you know what I mean? Like, there is again, like, there's, there's something there that's stopping me. But, you know, it is what it is. Let's work through it. Let's go through it. So, if I can't come to the from this man, it is what it is. But I guarantee you, it won't be always in America. Yeah. You know, another year's time or two years, it might be somewhere else. There's an opportunity, so we just keep going, brother. You know what I mean? So that's just what has to happen. So well, right now, right brother. now, there's no guarantee that it's going to be in America with with the situation. Yeah, so let's just wait and see. But it's good to see you're so positive, no matter what. You know, oh, to yeah. see someone that that looks for solutions rather than always looking for for roadblocks, it's it's a breath a breath of fresh air. And you've. That, that is it, you know, I've I've said I'm going to come over and train with you. I want to come to Australia. It's one of the few countries I've not been to, and you know, oh, I've, worked, wow. I've worked with Bass. Obviously, we're good friends. I, you know, there's a lot of places I want to go around, and um, so I'm definitely planning a trip out there at some point once things settle down yeah. a little bit. So, when you do, brother, let us know. Bring the family. You guys will love it. You guys oh, we will. will love it, man. Definitely. It's definitely time for you to come over and have a holiday, man. At the same time, too, I'm pretty sure everyone will wrap you up. You'll be so busy over here. We'll be in front of you, man. I would love to, seriously. It's a, it's a country I've wanted to go to for so long. One of my best friends, he, he, he moved out to Australia for a long time. and yeah. He's back in the UK now, but he, he wants to settle over there. So it's mm. definitely something I have planned, and we will definitely come visit you, my friend. Oh, cool, man. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us. I know it's um, a tough story to tell, to be honest. It's not um, the easiest thing to tell. And obviously, it's, it's nice to show people how you have come back from, from diversity and, and, and just one, one small mistake, you know. It, it, it really was just one silly mistake. You just defending, defending an innocent woman at the end of the day. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to see you pass. I'm glad to see you doing so well. Uh, love to your family and I really do appreciate you coming on my friend thank you so much for having me man. I really enjoy it I might have been excited all week about it but thank you yes, <laughs> it's thank nice you. To, it's really nice though people are excited to come on just before you go tell everyone where they can find you because I absolutely love watching your social media posts they're just the most entertaining out of any of the strongmen if you're not following Rongo please make sure you do he's always going to put a smile on your face if you just tell the guys where they can find you 
All right, guys, if you want to see me on Instagram, Instagram is the underscore warrior underscore Rongo King. Jump on there, have a follow. You'll be laughing every day. There's a shitload of content on not only lifting guys, but some humor. Facebook is the same, the warrior Rongo King. Uh, YouTube, guys, if you want to see my um, journey from start to finish, I had a good mate of mine who did a doco on me. It's four parts. It goes from when I first started Strongman to my prison sentence, to my comeback. The whole story is on there. Probably 40 minutes each um, episode, but worth a watch. If you want to see the real nitty-gritty of it all, go and watch that. So top my name in YouTube. JD Media is the man. Go and have a look, man. Go on. Do something we will, we will put, we'll put a, a, a link down below for you guys to click to it. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this chat with Ronga. You can see he's an absolute pleasure to be around. Excited as always. Like a, an overgrown kid. Look at, there we go. We've got them. Rongo 2.0. Oh, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll come and do some filming together. You can, you can oh, hear man. my terrible singing voice. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rongo. Guys, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Make sure you follow Rongo, and we will be back with more strength interviews soon. Take care.